1: The new Premier League season. I am your host Chris. Uh with me this week I've got Ryan, how are you?
2: Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Grand, thank you very much. We've got Jared. Hello, nice to be back. You alright? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, good, thank you very much. And we've got a prodigal son returning Ryan, it's
3: housewife's Favourite, Andy Manson. How are we? <laughs> uh I think Mel like prodigal da returns at this point. Uh um, <laughs> but that was very kind to of you to say yes I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. Yeah, you've not been on for... When was that, when was that song you potty with us? Oh, I did before, I did pre-Covid, I reckon, so I reckon maybe about three years ago. I think I maybe did one random episode where we were talking about when the European Super League looked like it was going to happen. Oh, yeah. I ended up doing one random episode then, but yeah, other than that, it's been about three, three and a half years since I was anything approaching a regular.
0: So. Right, well, yeah, it's same, same for me then, so that's what...
3: <laughs> Let's hope we'll put that right this season. So,
1: um, Premier League season is upon us this weekend. We're going to review those games in a bit. We're going to talk about some uh, transfers and gossip and other bits of news. But, um, first of all, you're a Rangers fan, aren't you? Which leads us nicely into the segue of uh, Champions League qualifiers because uh, Rangers played Union San uh, Gilwiz, is that right?
3: I think Galois, I think it might be. I, don't, I, I have absolutely no idea. I'm probably horrendously butchering their names, so apologies to any Union SG fans, as I'll be calling them from now on. Um, <laughs> it's
0: probably smart. It, it's probably yeah. better to go to Union SG because we haven't got Jesse or Emma to, to tell us what it should sound like. <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they Belgian? They are, yes.
1: So am I right in thinking, I think someone mentioned this on... I think it's probably Tom and our WhatsApp group. So they were promoted the season before last and they've ended up in the Champions League. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I finished second. It's um, the first time, I believe, they've ever been in Europe. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, good on them. They've, they've, they had a really good season last season. Um, they had on loan uh, Danny Sundav, who I think has just joined Brighton, and he ended up set the world on fire for Union kind of thrust them forward up the table and yeah a Belgian player of the year last year and yeah it seems like it's, I, I assumed it was going to be a big loss for them but based on their performance on uh, Tuesday maybe not so much
1: Was it last year that you got done over by a team in Luxembourg and your manager had to hide
3: in a bush? No, that thankfully that was now several years ago. Okay. That was that was pre-Stephen Gerrard. Uh, that was Pedro Cagina. Um We lost to Progress Niederkorn. Again, that's probably another name I'm butchering. But yes, that was the infamous "I will stand in a hedge and talk to the Rangers fans because I'm a man of the people." So you've come a long way since the Europa League final. Which, if you'd won,
1: you'd be a seeded. You'd be in the first pot of seeded teams, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's
3: it's. It's incredibly frustrating. I mean, for a number of reasons. One, I still hold great regret about the Europa League final. I thought the goal we conceded was entirely preventable. Ryan Kent, who doesn't have a great goal-scoring record, I think I would have rather had anybody else in front of the goal for that last-minute chance that that Kevin Trapp uh, clawed away. Um, But yeah, that was that was a hell of a season considering where we were you know 3 years ago um yeah hell of a season
1: yeah so you lost 2-0 to uh, Union SG on i think it was wednesday wasn't it um think, yeah. so it, the first goal i mean that was pretty poor defending they managed to have a sort of cruise turned back heel in your area <laughs> to a guy who had the freedom of the 10 yard box and i think your goalkeeper yeah. could have done a
3: bit better couldn't he so, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's been debate raging all summer about whether Rangers should stick with Alan McGregor, who has been fantastic for Rangers for particularly the last kind of four or five years, but is 41 years old at this point, or whether we should go with John McLaughlin, who's been our reserve keeper for two, or three seasons now, obviously much younger, thirty one thirty two I think, and probably deserves the chance. And to be fair, he did pull off a couple of saves late in the game, which have probably just about kept us in the tie. But yeah, I think there will be some who after that game will, will probably be calling even louder for, for McGregor to be back in. And I, I don't necessarily blame them. I would stick with McLaughlin personally, but it, it's easy to see why some people would would prefer uh, McLaughlin, uh, McGregor. And then a bit... A bit, a really, really
1: unlucky and probably a bit unfair VAR call at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, so
3: I mean, I should make clear, Union scoring a second goal, I have no issue with. Rangers were awful. Um, I think it's the most disappointed I've been with Giovanni Van Bronckhurst in terms of tactics since he's come to the club last season it proved to me as far as I'm concerned he's still an upgrade from from Steven Gerrard. Um I think tactically last season he got it right so often. Uh the the second leg of the, the Dortmund tie, for instance, really sticks out to me at a point where we were in real danger of throwing away that first leg lead. Um and he he kinda turned that round in the second half and rangers were outstanding. This time I thought he got it badly wrong. Um, he, he started one recognised centre back with two midfielder come defenders flanking him. I don't think that was a great idea. Was that injury forced on him, or did he just choose to? Do no, that? Uh, so uh, not really. He could have. So John Unsworth played centre back on on several occasions for his last year. So that one I was less bothered by. The what the one I was concerned about was James Sands. Who's a uh, an American boy we've got on an eighteen month loan from uh, NYCFC, I think it is, mm. um, who is more of a midfielder. He can play centre back. He has played centre back in the MLS before, but shouldn't really have uh, been starting this game at centre back. Ben Davis, who we've just signed from from Liverpool. Oh, Ben um, Davis, yes, yes, um, is is likely to start tomorrow against Kilmarnock. It it was maybe just a bit too soon for him to start that game. I imagine you'll see him start on uh, this Tuesday. But yeah, so besides that, so I don't want to make it out as if Union didn't deserve to win 2-0. They deserve to win 2-0 probably should have won more. However, the goal, or more importantly, the decision that got them the second goal is... Legitimately, and I'm sure there's a little bit of club bias here. Probably the worst VAR decision I've I've ever seen, because I don't think you're wrong. It's the the the, the yellow card that then Conor Goldson got because I I watched it. I didn't see dissent or anything. My understanding is that the yellow card was for what was deemed to be the handball. It was a handball, but I mean it is it is one of the most accidental and unavoidable handballs I think I've ever seen. It was actually, the ball was going away from goal, so quite why a penalty was given for it, I don't know. And then to follow it up with yellow card, as I said, was was ludicrous. So um, it was kind of a deflection from a Rangers player sort of
1: blocking to another sort of blocking Rangers player about a foot away from him, wasn't it, for anyone that's yeah, not I, th- I think
3: it? might. I think it might have been off Lundstrom, actually. I think Lundstrom and, and Goldson both went out to kind of block a, a shot from the edge of the area it rebounded off Lundstrom less, I mean, less than half a second later it was hitting Connor Goldson in the hand again I don't think he could have done anything to get out of the way the hand wasn't as far as I'm concerned in an unusual position for where Goldson was and what he was trying to do mm. um, just a, a dreadful dreadful decision if it costs Rangers a place in the Champions League again I think the performance means that Rangers can't really complain too much but considering VAR is there to stamp out uh, bad decisions, um, this one was horrendously wrong.
1: It was. And you've got the Ali McCoy derby at the weekend against Kilmarnock. Are you going to be okay with that? Are you confident with that?
3: Yeah, I'm relatively confident. Kilmarnock have obviously just come back up from the, the Scottish Championship this season. Derek McInnes, who is managing them, previously linked to a Rangers, is a, is a good Scottish coach. He's not a great Scottish coach, but his teams will be relatively well organised. But it's at Ibrox, I imagine Gio will, will ring the changes. You'll probably see Ilmaz start at left-back because Barisic had a really torrid time during that game on Tuesday. Um, you might see Alfredo Morelos come back. He obviously missed the last kind of three months of last season. Uh, that would be a real boost to get him back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll be comfortable enough. We've got a we've got a very good record against Kilmarnock over the um the last kind of twenty years so. Yeah, I think we'll be okay. Cool.
1: Um that's probably more Scottish football we've talked in the last eight nine minutes and forty seven seconds than we <laughs> have in the last five years. <laughs> um nice. Yeah, you this the uh, the revolution has come. Other Champions League qualifying games was Monaco 1 PSV 1 Benfica 1 Milan 1 uh, Bodo Glimt. Uh, they beat uh, Zagiris uh, 5-0 Maccabi Haifa beat Apollon uh, Limassol 4-0. Red Star Belgrade beat uh, Punic 5-0. So there was loads more than that as well. Um that I could probably go into Jared and Ryan have you seen any of those games this week?
0: No. F- football doesn't restart until tonight. That's that's what I say. <laughs> Jared? No, I no, you didn't see any, they say? No, I haven't seen any of
1: them, no, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Well, there were a couple of um, there was uh, qualifying stages for the uh, Europa League and the Conference League. I'll just read out the ones involved in the British team. So Linfield in the um, Europa League qualifying, they lost 2-0 at home to FC Zurich. And then in the Conference League, Dundee United uh, beat out uh, my 1-0. Um, and then uh, Hibbs lost 1-0 away to Regas footballer S- Scola. That's pretty cool. Um, right, so some transfers that have happened this week. Casper um, Schmeichel has left. He's gone to Nice, which is nice, isn't it, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I'm glad to see the back of him. To be honest with you. Did he play well he against was... Chelsea? Uh, well, yeah, he stopped us winning an FA Cup, but also he's just a, a you know a mouthy guy, isn't it? He? he was all. I mean, I, I know I've got, I've got a great in my team and he's the worst, but Castro Michael was up there as a moaning guy all the time, just shouting for no reason. <laughs> You're not going to miss him, though? No. <laughs> uh, and,
1: of course, you've been quite active in the transfer market this week, so you've got uh, Carney Chukweymaker, is that right? Is that how you'd say it? Uh, Carney is,
0: is one. The, <laughs> the, the That's Kelsey what you got at the back of your show. The <laughs> they were just like saying, he likes Carns or carney or whatever so it was like yeah don't don't, don't bother trying to get it wrong
1: so. fair enough uh gabrielle uh Sladina from chicago fires to keep it for 8.3 million pounds um and then cuccarella uh from brighton finally for 60 million pounds surely the only thing you can do there is for the listeners sing a um sing cuccarella to the tune of macarena
0: <laughs> i'm not going to do that one <laughs> sorry He you pleased with transfers this week then Yeah, I think there was a lot of panic and worry over the past few weeks that things weren't getting done. And I think now that things are getting done and apparently we're not going to stop there. I think the deals we're doing are the right ones as well. I think Cucurella is a player that that solves a few problems for us. What's he, left back, isn't he? Yeah, left back, but he can play left centre-back. So it alleviates a bit of a worry from that perspective. And then... um, he obviously can play left wing back, which means Alonso can leave, which is always nice. And uh, I think generally that the players seem to be the right players for Tuchel as well, which is always a good sign. And the Cucurella deal means that uh, Levy Colwell is only ended up going on loan to Brighton rather than as a permanent transfer, which is the best thing that we could have hoped for, really.
1: Oh, okay, um, I mean, uh, Cucurella isn't a name that screams out at me. Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah maybe you guys watch a bit more in the premier league than me but um jared 60 million pounds for Cuccarella, that seems an awful lot of money for a player who i don't think was being talked about all that much last season is that fair
2: yeah i mean when i first saw him getting linked i thought i don't know what i what i've missed from him but no it seems like i think it's his attacking output and his tackles which tackles per game which is really high compared to, to a lot of the other full-backs, which obviously for Tuchel as a as a wing-back is probably uh, really important for his team.
1: Mm. OK. Uh, Adam olin Lookman has gone to Atalanta, which is a bit strange, seeing as Leicester have not bought anybody so far this uh, this close season. Um, Maxwell Cornet has gone to West Ham. Um, Bert Leno has gone to Fulham for £8 million. Aaron Ramsey has gone from... Am I allowed to say Aaron Ramsey, Andy?
3: So I, I don't personally have a problem with Aaron Ramsey. We know we knew he had injury problems. He's no uh, recognised penalty taker. It is, what it is. Yeah, fair enough. He's on
1: to Nice with Casper uh, from Juventus on a free transfer, and Cesc Fabregas has gone from Monaco to Como. Um, someone tweeted the other day: is Cesc Fabregas had the most um, uh, cosmopolitan or prettiest careers? You think he's sort of Barcelona and London and Monaco and now Como? He's um." He's not done badly in regards to
3: landscapes, has he? For me, he's had the stealthiest career in the last three years because I was convinced he retired. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just thought he was done. He's not done an awful lot down at Warricko, eh? no. Um, but Lenny, going from Arsenal to Fulham, has anyone watched any of the new All or Nothing? Not yet. It's on the list no, weekend. You no, know, I've watched the first one. It's quite good, actually. My takeouts from the first one is that um Josh Cronke, the owner's son, is very nice. Um Aaron Ramsdale's got the best How I Broke My Arm story, you can imagine. Um and his parents are lovely. Uh and uh, the nice way that Mikel Arteta says good morning is quite sort of nice, jolly little way to sort of hook you in. He's a bit David Brent though at times. That's, That's the really only thing. That. Yeah. Have you seen him this week where the footage where he's um got the You'll Never Walk Alone uh, blaring out over the tannoy as the players were were training in the week four playing Liverpool. Has anyone seen that? No. No? No? Okay. That sounds horrible. Well, yes. (laughs) So this is the Arsenal training ground, which I think is um, Colney. uh, Not Cobham, that's Chelsea, isn't it? Uh, Colney, uh, they were there sort of training. And this is the week 4 the playing Liverpool. So to get the Arsenal players in the mood of the famous Anfield atmosphere, because, you know everyone knows that the atmosphere at Anfield is the best in the world because it's said so often by TV presenters uh, he wheels out some um, tannoy's uh, to sort of the edge of the training pitch and as the players are sort of training um, he starts blaring out you'll never walk alone to get the players used to the red hot atmosphere which I don't think worked very well because they lost 4 nil. anything like that Jared that your coaches have done Land of our fathers blasting out or something mid game.
2: No, no, nothing that I've, nothing that I've ever experienced like that. No, no, nah, it's only a matter of time. You wait till you play for Mikel Arteta, you'll do
1: the same for you. Well, if it's you'll never walk alone, that'll be a bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, right. Bits of, of uh, gossip, Brian. You're still being mentioned here. So um, Wesley Fofana going to Chelsea for 70 million pounds and Pierre Emerick
0: Aubameyang as well. Yeah, I'm really not sure about that one. I I don't know where this Yang thing's come from. And it is very much, I Gary Neville's had his little say about it, but it is very football manager-esque at the moment. It's bounce from one player to the next at will, no matter what. I don't, I I did see it was Yang or Depay that we were looking at as well. Oh, okay, I've seen Depay to UV. I think, well, obviously Barcelona need to get rid of players and we're trying to, I guess, maybe do them in. Hmm. maybe um, at this point in time so it's a bit of a weird I don't really think we need bamiang. I don't know what he'd add to us what about Depay? From someone with a bad attitude <laughs> um,
1: I quite like Depay he's one of those players that seems to really like responsibility um, he sort of takes free kicks and corners and sort of captain and all these sorts of things he sort of thrived on the responsibility at Lyon for that sort of thing
0: he won't get that at us then, so he might not bother. Say again, sorry? He won't get that at us, so you <laughs> might as well not bother. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Nottingham Forest in for... Our captain's never leaving. Captain's never leaving. Oh, captain. Well captain, what, Yeah, <laughs> he's, ch- he's here to ruin everyone's days. You can check out that you will never leave. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, uh, Nottingham
1: Forest in for Hassam Ouar. That's a bit of a sort of... Well, actually, Leicester are as well. That's a bit of a come down, because he was linked with quite a few Champions League clubs a couple of years ago, wasn't he?
3: Uh, yeah Arsenal were, were perpetually linked with him for 2-3 yeah. two, two, seasons at one point although I guess that goes against your argument about Champions League clubs but <laughs> you know still <laughs> probably still seen uh, worldwide as a, as a higher step up from, from Leicester and Forest. I think it would be a great signing for Forest in particular mm. um, so yeah I'd be curious to see if that one happens or not I, w- I mean I wouldn't want that deal if I was LR but yeah it would be a good deal for Forrest.
1: Certain players get linked with certain clubs perpetually, like Nicholas Town and Manchester United, and uh, Kula Balli, although he's finally gone, was always linked with Chelsea, wasn't he, right?
0: The, the deal that took about seven years to do, yeah. yeah.
1: instead of having him as an up-and-coming defender, you've got him as some sort of grizzled old veteran now, haven't you?
0: Yeah, it was him. Hulk was every single summer Was we were going to get Hulk, no. Never happened. We've, that's what we do apparently just the same old players all the time Stephen Gerrard Stephen Gerrard yeah <laughs> Stephen Coulibaly uh, phoned up
3: John Terry and asked for his yeah. number Do you think John Terry tried to sell him an NFT <laughs> <laughs> That's so, the uh, only if there. you buy this ape. I did
1: discover today I, I read about that um, and I did discover why uh, John Terry wore 26 does anyone know the answer I actually don't know the answer no yeah. okay um because when he first started uh he wanted to sit next to Gianfranco Zola in the changing rooms and what number did Gianfranco Zola wear Ryan
0: I mean it's it's one of two right but I don't, I don't <laughs> oh come
1: know. on it's even I don't 25 25 he wanted to sit next
0: right. to yeah well <laughs> only
1: just uh yeah he wanted to sit next to Gianfranco Zola in the changing room so he chose number 26 as his shirt and he just never bothered changing um Morgan Gibbs White and Che Adams have also been linked to Forest. Gibbs White was there on loan last season wasn't he so that's not a, a great change and then Depay to Elish uh, Mariba who so much was promised at um uh, at Barcelona and he's now at Dortmund he's now linked with Crystal Palace which is weird
3: uh, to me that would just be the word of a big name being the manager yeah um I mean, don't get me wrong. The palace can obviously offer pretty high wages as well, but you imagine that Vieira being there is is a big part of the the pool for for players coming there from Europe.
1: Yeah, and who saw Ricky Pucci go to MLS this week? That was a weird transfer as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it's,
3: it's not really happened for him at Barcelona, has it? It no. was. It he was. He's one of those who's unfortunately been saddled with the you know the moniker of the next you know. Messi slash Xavi slash you know iniesta depending on what part of the pitch they played in yeah and uh yeah i think it's a case of he's, he's a talented player but yeah i don't think barcelona and champions Week and so on is his level
1: no and, and but i thought his level would be A good European club rather than the MLS and the other thing about this season is I mean everyone's sort of scratching around you've been linked with Pierre-America Bamiang Ryan Andre Bellotti is still a free agent I don't get that at all why nobody has seen fit to try and sign him
0: I think when you look at a lot of the I guess top clubs I think they play a certain style of football I don't know if Bellotti necessarily fits into that anymore Mm. I mean I say that but the, the old football manager thing used to be you'd always buy him play and play him as like a pressing forward or something, and that that would be you know he'd be the top of it, the top of the class in that one. But obviously it's been a few years now. And I I, just, I don't know where so let's say in the Premier League whether he'd fit in there or not at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Does any team really play with a number nine in the Premier League?
2: Or a poacher? That's the sort of player he is, isn't it?
1: Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Jack. Leicester
2: could buy him, get a signing for once. I so say leicester just needs someone yeah
1: <laughs> jared's just hang around there, out there sort of outside of the uh, of the ground with your football boots or
2: something yeah you never know yeah they need someone and they like coventry players so
1: that's true well apart from poor george thomas of course yeah that's true um Okay, right, bits and bobs of news this week. So Frank Lampard has suggested that support and quote unquote tough love can reignite Deli Alley's Everton career. He started one game since his January move. Apparently if he makes over 20 appearances, I don't know if they're starts or just appearances, they owe Spurs another ten million pounds, which um might limit his appearances. I don't know. Are you a carrot or a stick player, Jared? Um
2: uh... I don't quite know what you
1: mean by that okay are you a player that thrives on having an arm around the shoulder or a kick at the bum um
2: kick at the bum but then a carrot if I've done something really good
1: yeah what about you two guys Andy and Ryan what sort of players would you be
3: arm around the shoulder I think Are you? Yeah, I need validation. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me the arm around the shoulder every time. I, if you, if you try to hit me with off. a stick, I'll probably turn around and hit you back from being completely... Mm-hmm. Do they do uh, arms around shoulders in Glasgow? Uh, normally when they're going to punch you with the other hand. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, what do they do, do it,
1: yeah. Uh, okay, right, the Leeds owner has been talking to The Athletic, Andre, uh, Andrea... Um radritzani uh he says that the rafinha transfer to chelsea was quote unquote done and then he said let's just say barca influences convinced the player to wait uh and then of course they got him uh, when they managed to somehow cobble the money together although they might not have done as it transpires later on today um ryan how peeved were you that you didn't get him is this karma from william and spurs all those years ago um and Emma's asked you to say something about
0: Barcelona and transfers, hasn't she? Uh, yeah. So e- Emma's quotes uh, were, I mean, it was very, focusing mainly on morally bankrupt, which is which is good, uh, and how much he hates Barca these days. But I said, don't worry, I'll say it for you. Um, yeah, they're just they're just not very nice people, are they? At Barcelona at the moment. Well, mainly probably one man. Um In the porta yeah, not What's his name? What was I, like, so like, I was thinking, might. I was thinking, might. I was saying, the the Man City defender. Name, Man City <laughs> I was thinking, hang on a second. He hasn't done anything wrong. That's him.
1: Did you know that, um, do you, do you ever see the guy on Twitter that confused Americ Laporte's name? I think so. What? What did he confuse it to? He thought, because obviously his first name is Americ, He thought <laughs> that. His real name was Eric and when he says I'm Eric that means like
0: Hi, I'm Eric. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think I have seen that actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, um you were saying Yeah, Bastard well, it, it's all a very weird situation. I don't think necessarily we will miss him massively. I think the deals we're doing since I think will make up for it a little bit. It is just one of those things where the deal was done and he'd been promised to Barcelona for about the past six months according to all the stories from, from Deco. And it's all very strange. I don't I don't think it's the same level of I, I don't know if he did a medical with us. I guess that's the interesting, because obviously that was the Willy one, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, he had a medical. <laughs> um I don't know how quote unquote close it was. And the same with the Kunde deal as well, I guess, in terms of if it's almost like the player it's almost like the player's wish wasn't important in the story. Yeah. Because I, I think both of them clearly wanted to go to Barcelona and and decided to wait for their deal rather than just picking the first option that came up. So, frustrating. And Barcelona, I think, are, are paying the price for it now. You know, we've, we've not let them have us for the Equator. They'll get Alonso because that's beneficial for everyone. Um, and then, I think, actually, they can't actually register any of their new players anyway. Yes, yeah, so that's news out in the last hour.
1: They still can't register players. So, they still have to offload... Frankie de Jong somehow so are you confident that he's going to Chelsea player come the end of the transfer window
0: I wouldn't say confident I think it's a potential because um, uh, I think w- with the new owners I think they are for this summer in particular I think they are willing to pay over the odds as we mm. talked about with Cucurella earlier I, I could see a scenario where it's a £100 million deal I-, I did see something earlier that suggested both us and United would actually pay frankie de jong with 17 million that he's owed in deferred wages because i think that's the the big sticking point apparently is he he wouldn't want to leave because he's owed all this money and barcelona are obviously saying no
1: yeah and there's pressure on gerald piquet tonight to lower his wages so barcelona can afford to register players it seems quite
0: unfair to stick this on the players i I saw a thing and whether it's true or not i saw that they're trying to get braithwaite off their books and basically said to him do us a favor and just leave for free and and don't ask for any of your money back (laughs) um which is obviously saying no if you want to cancel my contract you can pay me yeah but they're saying well we won't register you he's like yeah but you still have to pay me because i think in the league of rules it's very much even if they say you're done he's still got that two-year contract and they still have to pay him for the next two seasons anyway and it does count towards the cap yeah so it's very much like they're just begging players to not on any semblance of money anymore it's just you know, can you just take a 50% pay cut so we can register Lewandowski and Christensen and all these players that we've spent £50 million on but we can't actually pay you your actual wages
1: Um Speaking to Emma last year as Barcelona going through their sort of crisis there were a couple of sacred cows that she didn't really want sold Um Frankie de Jong wasn't one of them she said that if he goes then he goes you know that's that's not a problem so Would you take Are you you happy to
0: take him And would he be an upgrade on your current Midfield The problem is I don't know where he overly fits In our midfield because we've got a lot of midfielders At the moment there's a few that need to move on Mm. And It's very much like we've just signed that Yeah that um, lad from Aston Villa For 20 million And the reason he left Villa was for top flight experience Which I don't know why he's joined Chelsea (laughs) Uh, Because you've got Conor Gallagher coming back haven't you Unless he fancies a line, Yeah, we've got Gallagher. So, you know, we've got what? Kovacic, Jorginho, Gallagher, Kante, this new kid, potentially De Jong, Barkley's still there. Loftus-Cheek. Loftus-Cheek's still there. Um, you know, whether you count Mount in that in scenario as well, unless you count him as a front three player. Mm. Um, we've got a lot of players for that position. And Gilmore's still on the book. Gilmore's still oh, yeah. around. So it, it's difficult to see where Dion comes into that scenario, of who yeah. gets the priority. Because Jorginho and Dewey should leave at this point. That, that with the players that we're bringing in, it's very much like a lot of that old guard will move on. Mm. Um, could, he, could he
2: replace Kante for the future? Because Kante sort of tailed off a bit.
0: Yeah, I think the idea is that he'd stay, and I think people around him would probably leave. Because um, I think he is still. I mean, it, when he came on, in one of our I think it was Udinese maybe he still bossed that game I think if he stays fit and I think we need extra midfielders to to ease the burden on him and I think I can see him playing the big games and you know all the other games he he shouldn't need to play but last season I think we relied on him so much to settle us down in games or or to be that runner that we probably caused more harm than good really yeah Okay, Uh, other bits and bobs. Uh, Jürgen
1: Klinsmann has got a solution to stop um, Ein Farmer's League. Is that how you say it, Gerard? Which one? I was trying my German. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a solution to stop um, Bayern Munich dominating the the, uh, the Bundesliga year on year. He wants to introduce an MLS-type playoff. Um, So the top four teams in the end of the season, they go and have a little sort of mini-tournament, and then the winner of that is crowned Bundesliga winner.
2: I don't think that's going to stop them, really. No? (laughs) No, they're just... I mean, if you look at their team, it's ridiculously strong, even just the bench.
1: Well, they started tonight against Frankfurt, and they're winning, aren't they?
2: Yeah, and then in the Super Cup, they had their full-strength team from last year, apart from Noel Lewandowski, and then they bring on De Ligt, Graven Birch... um... (laughs) I mean, it's just matarawi it's just ridiculously strong. Koeman. Yeah. Did anyone, see him, did anyone, see him? Sorry, you can't see them. I can't see him losing the, the title, especially if now as well, injured. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not injured, but he's got his, his health problem.
1: Yeah. Um, did anyone see the Shithousery in the Super Cup last week?
2: actually what what happened yeah is that with the with the ball on the yeah going over the line yeah go on describe it then what happened so they they were gonna stop the ball um for for the end of sort of like kicking the ball out for someone i think someone might have gone down that's right yeah it was
1: 4-3 wasn't it just as a bit of um context it was 4-3 to bayern in the last minute and i think leipzig yeah. were on the attack weren't they so? yeah sorry go on karen
2: yeah danny elmo um he went to go like Put the ball out as you as you would, and he stopped it just so it's still on the line, half the ball. As Hernandez, Lucas Hernandez for Bayern went to go pick it up, thinking, "Oh, I'll we'll go throw it back to them." It was still on the pitch. So they got a free kick, and the ball was stopped out of play, so they got a huge advantage
0: from it. The oh, I did see this. Oh, I didn't see the context of it because I wasn't really paying attention, but I just saw this this like great iq move i think it was on TikTok or something like iq move and i was trying to figure out what on earth is happening so that's <laughs> the, a good description because i now know what you're talking about the linesman was desperate to flag for it wasn't he he's <laughs> waiting he was, waiting, just he like was. To... it was hovering oh, over God. it almost
1: God. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, premier league clubs are going to stop taking the knee prior to premier league games uh they will do it, but only on s- specific games uh to quote unquote continue to show solidarity for a common cause. How do we feel, guys, on the stopping of the knee taking? Um, does a, a lot of, or not a lot, some players of colour have come out and said it's just pointless? Others feel it's obviously important that we carry on uh, to show a stance. How, uh, Andy, what do you reckon to um, this decision?
3: I think it should be left up with people personally. They want to do it. I, I do feel like it's an increasingly an empty gesture, um, given that it's not. Really changing much is the impression I get. I I think it was it was a fine idea behind it because you know these things aren't changing. You know systemic racism is is arguably as bad as it's ever been. But again, that then kind of ties back into the uh, being an empty gesture because it allows some of the people conducting some of that systemic racism to go, well, we're making the gesture. Hmm. No, I'm look we're 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 showing that we care uh so yeah i think i think there are there are other methods of activism that would be more useful you know you look at you know some of what Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel are doing in Formula One for example uh, i think there's things that can be done that would be of more benefit than than taking the knee at this point but again you know. It, if it's still going to be used occasionally, what we don't need is the crowd booing it because it's it's ridiculous that that's still a thing in this day and age. Yeah, guys, what do you think?
0: I think it is probably the right thing in terms of to 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 give it more of an impact when it does happen because I think it, you, you had certain players starting to not do it as well. I think Zaha was probably the big big one for, for doing it. Where, you know, day. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah um and i think you know it is a thing that it, it did it just become a bit of a an empty gesture yeah i mean when they say certain moments or, or games are they just thinking the big games you know the ones that are going to get the most viewership mm. realistically um but again i think it, it would help make it more of a statement when they do do it i'd say
1: yeah Okay, uh, as we're talking now, um, Arsenal are currently playing um Crystal Palace. Has anyone seen the plane? No. Okay, so a plane no. is a plane is flying over uh Southhurst Park with a banner off the back of it saying kick rapists off the pitch. Uh I guess that is in relation to ah. the unnamed Arsenal North London based player who obviously we won't mention. Alleged, allegedly. Allegedly yeah. Arsenal. <laughs> as well <laughs> allegedly everything yes <laughs> uh, okay um in a couple of libertadores this week it's been a quarter-finals it's the first leg. there are only Brazilian and um, Argentinian teams left so Paranense drew 0-0 with the Estudiantes uh, Corinthians lost 2-0 at home to Flamengo Gabigol scored one of those goals um, Vela Sussfield beat uh, Tajeres 3-2 Atletico Mineiro drew 2-2 with Palmeiras and um, Chelsea favourite Hulk uh, scored. Um, and Luis Suarez has uh, made his uh, second debut for Nacional in the Copa Sudamericana to uh, Atletico uh, Goinance, I'm sure is how Jesse would say it. Um, yeah, he's gone forever from that uh, there in Europe. Are we pleased to see him go or we, um, uh, is he um, going to be a big loss?
0: Happy to see the back of him yeah uh, jesse's gonna hate me for that as well
1: but... <laughs> sorry sorry jesse fair enough right okay so we are going to talk about the premier league uh it's back this weekend um we're recording on friday night so we are currently uh how many minutes are we we are at half times so we are 45 minutes into the new Premier League season. Um, a potential banana skin for Arsenal I have to keep bearing in mind what happened at Brentford on the first day last season But they are currently winning uh, at half-time against Crystal Palace um, Tomorrow is uh, the, uh, the Saturday where it all comes back again in the Premier League And it all kicks off at uh, Craven Cottage at 12.30 on BT Sport minus Jake Humphrey um, It is the uh, Steve Finn and Derby Fulham versus Liverpool So, uh, who has triple-captained most Salah this
2: week? he's not even in my team what no I've gone for um Darwin Nunes and Luis Diaz have instead. you okay. yes
1: I've got Salah Diaz and Trent from my team
2: I've got Trent as well but yeah. then I've also got Haaland at front
0: with Nunes oh yes Brian, uh, I've got beef with you for chatting with us about Nunes <laughs> no. I was going I, I to say when uh, when Jared said Nunes I thought oh well that fraud <laughs> No, I've got beef with you about Trent. What? What about Trent?
1: So, yesterday... Uh, bang a tweet. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. Yes. It was quite funny. Um, so, yesterday, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was linked with Barcelona for £67 million. I suggested there might be missing a one between... Oh, it was a euro. There might be missing a euro between the... A one between the euro and the six sign. But, no, apparently, um, it's open
3: season on Trent. Because I saw you liking it as well, Andy. I think I suggested that Trent was a worse defender than Alex Jones's lawyer. You did.
0: Um That's I did. That's true. <laughs> <It's>
3: so also...
1: <laughs> Stop making funny jokes about my Trent. I shouldn't be laughing at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, okay, so Liverpool versus Fulham. Um Fulham, how do we see them different from the last couple of times they've been up? Will they be different or is this going to be a sort of Liverpool uh comfortable win? Jared, what do you reckon?
2: Comfortable win. I, I really can't see Fulham making much of a mark. I mean, Mitrovic is going to be the, the key player for them if he can score some goals, and maybe it might survive. But based on his previous form in the prem it, it's it's looking unlikely. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, Andy and Ryan, what do you reckon?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got Fulham going straight back down for me the issues with Fulham are the same as they've been the last couple of times they've come up they're too light touch Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily saying you need to fill your team completely with hammer throwers but at the same time I think you need to be built I think you'd need to give up some of your footballing principles to stay in the Premier League in the first place then you can build on it. Mm-hmm. Fulham seem very tied to, well, we're going to come up and we're going to play football the right way and so on, and unfortunately, they don't have the quality of player to be able to do that. So, yeah, this will be a, a comfortable Liverpool win in the start of a, a fairly uncomfortable season for Fulham, I would imagine.
1: Ryan, is it uh, Marco uh, Froda Silva, or do you think he's got a chance of keeping them up? Uh, Fulham are going to win, I think. What? You're just taking the piss now, aren't you? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> like four or five, no yeah. Actually, if they Fulham win
0: is... now, crikey, you'll be uh, a soothsayer, wouldn't you? Fulham are going straight back down. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. The, the yo-yo or the swapping with Norwich will complete its annual tradition. They'll swap over each other at, this, at the end of the year. But yeah, they're, they're, they're going down. They're going down. Fair enough. The uh, first of the three o'clock
1: games is Bournemouth versus Aston Villa in the Tyrone Mings derby. Uh, Andy, what do you reckon to this one? Do you? How do you see Scott Parker... Uh, team fairing against... Oh, you you're
3: Stephen Gerrard, isn't it? It is. Um, Villa, for a tight win, I think some of the predictions I've seen for Villa this season are overblown. I've seen some people have them top eight. I don't see it. I still think Gerrard is... I still have doubts as to whether Stephen Gerrard's got a plan B. It was my big criticism of him when he was at Rangers, even the season we won the league. Um I felt that the games where we struggled most were the games where teams set out to frustrate them, and he didn't have the nous. so did to... you finish
1: that season unbeaten?
3: we did yes, but so did he I, need a I believe be? that a big i believe I, to me it did because i mean we we were we were outclassed by waiver cousin in europe um even at ibrox where you know you saw last season what the crowd and I you know a good tactician can can do for let's be honest a, a smaller club in terms of finances and so on um i think a big part of that was the fact that we were able to play basically the entire season behind closed doors because i think Gerard signed quite a few players that I would probably deem bottle merchants
4: hmm.
3: and i think that was proven with some of the form after Crowds came back, mm-hmm. uh, but they should have too much for Bournemouth here. Bournemouth, again, I think I think they might be a little bit, bit more rigid than, than Fulham, but Scott Parker is still also someone who likes to play football the right way. And yeah, those clubs to me are just too naive um, to stay in the Premier League. So yeah, Villa to, to win that one by the odd goal. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, what do you two
0: reckon? Uh, Scott Parker is, as the rest of the group chat will say, is a PA, PE teacher. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're going to be up for much this season. So I think Villa win. I don't think Villa are going to be tearing up that much. To be honest, I, I don't. I think they'll be pretty middle of the road at um, best. So, but I think this game, a Villa win. Yeah, Jared. I think out of all
2: of the the players you got, the teams that got promoted. I think this is the most likely one for. Maybe Bournemouth could take this one,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, just because I haven't really, I can't really see Villa doing much in the season anyway. So Bournemouth could surprise, could surprise everyone at the start.
1: Okay, uh, and then Leeds versus Wolves in the uh, Barry Douglas Derby. Um, how do we see that one going, Ryan? What do you reckon to Leeds this season? I, Ross has got them going down, hasn't he? From your chat last week did he
0: yeah i mean they've had a really weird summer right Mm. um and they weren't exactly good to begin with um i think i think they made some decent ish signings but i know there's a lot of doubts on jesse marsh and what he can and can't do um and i think i think they'll have a difficult season whether they go down or not i think i've got other teams around them being worse um, if I remember rightly, but I think that that it will be a, a long season for them.
1: I've got to be honest; I don't think Ross is giving Jesse Marsh much of a chance. To be honest, <laughs> doesn't seem it, does it?
0: Well, they, they, don't, they weren't great when he took over, though. No, I guess. And I think, and I think, really, I think a lot of the issues come from a, a lot of the reason why they stayed up. Really, I think is is the teams around them. Um, and a few of the teams around them seem to have strengthened a little bit so I think it might be a difficult one he, he might prove a lot of people wrong but I think the fact that their transfer policy has been players he knows um, you know from clubs he's previously been at effectively Yeah, I don't know if that's always the right strategy
1: yeah okay fair enough Um we well, are handy
3: I think Leeds are going to be okay this season. I I I, I think, I wonder if part of the, because this is something I personally felt, even though I don't really have any affinity for for Leeds or anything, I think part of the reason people don't rate Mars is just because of how much they rated Bielsa and are angry at how he was treated in his last days at the club. I said it as much on Twitter. I said that if Leeds went down, then there was only one entity to blame for that and it was the board for getting rid of Bielsa.
4: Hmm.
3: However, I think Marshall's got a decent managerial track record. I think the signings have been okay. Is it Kristensen that they signed from from RB uh, Salzburg?
1: Yeah, well. Uh,
3: I think is yeah, I think they are they're decent players. Uh he's had a full preseason, I would imagine, to get his his kind of tactics and his his philosophy across. I think they might be OK. Wolves, I um, don't think, will be as good as they were last season. I kind of felt towards the end of the season they were figured out a little bit. There's still the chance that Ruben Neves goes to to another Premier League club, which I think would be a, a huge blow for them. Um, I'll take Leeds to get the crowd behind them in this one and, and win this one by a couple. Okie Um Newcastle versus Forest, 3 o'clock the Steve
1: Stone derby. uh Jared, what do you reckon to so We've talked about this before, haven't we? To, to you, Forrest are just another Championship League One club that are about promoted. But I reckon for myself and Andy, maybe Ryan if he's old enough. I reckon they're um, they're still a Premier League team for me.
2: Yeah, I mean for me, I can't really remember. I can't ever remember them in the in the Prem. So they're just. I mean, I know they've got a big name, but to me, they they still don't have. They're not a big club. Yeah and in terms of this I think because Newcastle just how much they've strengthened at the end of last season they were so strong I just I can't see anything other than Newcastle Newcastle beating them
1: they've been disappointingly sensible so far of Newcastle for a team that have become the wealthiest club in the world Nick Pope is a decent signing I like the idea of Sven Botman as well he did very well while he was at Lille um They've not been linked with the sort of Neymars and Mbappes of the world, have they, Ryan?
0: No, they're not going just absolutely crazy. And I think that, you know, whether that's Eddie Howe's influence or not, I don't know. I just saw, was it today? Just under new yeah. long-term contract? So I think there's certainly a good influence there for the players they're looking at. I think the the, the ones they get rumoured to maybe a bit of desperation a little bit in terms of they, apparently they're rumoured for Werner, which I don't know why anyone would think is the right player to buy, especially in the Prem. Um, I just I think whether there's gonna be any sort of last day, last chance of day um surprises, but I don't think we're gonna get a Rabinio scenario happened, so at least.
1: No. And Forster interesting because they've signed a gazillion players, but I think in Steve Cooper, of all the managers that have been promoted, he's obviously the I think considering where they were and what he did with Swansea and other teams as well, I think they've got the best chance of staying
0: up I've got them as the th- out of the three that have come up the ones to stay up I yeah. think they're I think they're capable of doing a Brentford effectively from last season hitting the ground running I, I, don't, I think Newcastle will have a bit too much for them on the opening day but I think actually the signs I've made seem fairly decent-ish um, and I think that they've got the right attitude I think for, for staying up
1: yeah Andy, I've followed you on Twitter for quite some time. You just you sort of describe, you, you sort of come across to me as a hopeless romantic when it comes to football. It's good to see teams like Newcastle, uh, after all these years in the doldrums in the wilderness, uh, acquire the sort of benefactors that they have and become the force they could well be. Is that right? Is that? How you feel? Yeah,
3: I mean, I mean, <laughs> I think we would prefer that it wasn't the benefactors they've got. It would be similarly, but maybe not quite so murderous benefactors. But I was I, I was dropping I you some bait there. <laughs> regardless I mean I'm genuinely happy for for Newcastle fans because you know I being the, the more aged gentleman that I am you know I remember when they came back up in the mid-90s and you know there's there's a, there is a odd oh, that sounds really odd to to say and apologies to anybody who stays in Newcastle you don't normally associate romance in Newcastle uh, and, and, but you kind of do with a football team you know they've always been you know in the 90s they were a lot of people's second favourite team and they signed you know they were managed by a Maverick you know they signed yeah. Mavericks you know the Warren rebels the Daviginos the Fristino players of the world um, and they've got a wee bit of that going on just now with the likes San Maximan, obviously the Howes not exactly a Maverick he's, he's a, clearly a very good coach um, I think they've took the right approach uh, in this transfer window. I think Eddie Howe's probably looked at that team, looked at the form in the second half of last season, and thought right to consolidate and maybe push into top ten, maybe kind of push on the the edges of European qualification. Pope's a good sign and Botman's a good sign, and if we could get an ash striker, I think they'll feel. Um, quite confident of doing some some damage this season and then building on that. So, yeah, I'm, like I said as much for Newcastle fans as anything else. I'm I'm happy to see them looking upwards rather than downwards for once.
1: Okay, uh, three o'clock is Spurs versus Southampton, the Richards Derby. A couple of people this week have said they've got Southampton to go down, and the more I think about it, the more and more that doesn't seem a silly thing to say.
0: Are you listening to those Portsmouth
1: fans again? I've <laughs> been listening to Football Weekly, <laughs> um, but
0: yeah, it, it doesn't seem a ridiculous thing, does it? No, their summer has been dreadful from what I can remember and have seen. Um, I don't know how many Ward-Prowse free kicks are going to save them. Yeah, at this point in time, Jared, where you reckoned uh, to this game?
2: I, uh, I mean Southampton, I like, really can't see doing much and like Hassan hito's odds odds on to be the, the second most likely man to get sacked first um, sorry you think he's I, the most likely no he's the second yeah second most likely so after after lampard oh really okay he's, he's yeah from the bookmakers so i just he, he he was on the edge last season and this it could be his last one this, this year okay andy
3: uh, so, in, in general, yeah, I, I'm worried about Southampton this season. I, I, maybe I'm biased here. I think Joe Aribo for £10 million, is a very good signing. Mm. Um, He was great for us in Europe. You know, it wasn't just that he was, you know, running over teams in a, a two-team league. He, he performed in the biggest stage, scored in the Europa League final, of course, uh, in a role that he isn't really built for playing. I thought he did a really good job playing up front for us for those last few games Um, but in terms of this game yeah I mean Spurs will be too strong for them they've they've bought very well um, and they've managed to keep a hold of Conte and he seems about as happy as Antonio Conte ever seems (laughs) so yeah I think Spurs are going to have a annoyingly a very good season and I think that will start tomorrow
1: Okay, uh, Ryan, Everton versus Chelsea on Sky Sports, half past five, Pat Nevin Derby. He'd do well in your midfield. Yeah, he would. <laughs> um, how do you reckon this one's going to go?
0: I think uh, it's difficult, because Everton are always a bit of a banana skin for us, actually. Are they? Um, well, I, I saw the last time that we won at, Good- at Goodison was when Pedro scored the winner, which suggests it has been a couple of seasons. Um that we've won there. Um, I feel like we lost to them back into last season. Gave them charity FC. Gave, gave them a few three points. Hmm. Um, I, I think we'll be we're too strong for them because Everton have have had a really bad window. They're starting to turn it around a little bit now. Um, but generally, and with Calvert Lewin injured and losing. Um, Richardson, you know, it's it's going to be a struggle where their goals going to come from, mm. and I think we might be a bit too strong for them. But I always get a little bit worried against, especially you know, with the Lampard effect as well. Oh, um, you don't need to worry about the Lampard effect, honestly. The <laughs> Lampard effect. Yeah, yeah. There's really no um, need to worry about that. <laughs> the Lampard effect, in terms of Chelsea support, I guess, rather than his any managerial capabilities. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think we'll win.
1: All right, Andy, Jeremy, reckon?
2: I think this will be the the game that everyone sees that Chelsea aren't in as much turmoil as some people are saying. Okay. I think they'll get a result here, and it'll, you'll see that their team's not as not as bad as everyone's making out to be. Yeah. Andy.
3: So i have get Chelsea to win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to apologise to Ryan though, and I don't know if this will make him more likely or less likely to appear on future podcasts. I actually think Tuchel's going to end up being the first manager to leave this season. Oh, really? I feel like there was starting to be a bit of grumbling about Tuchel and some of his tactics in some of the bigger games towards the end of last season. Um, I feel like Todd Bull is going to want to make a statement this season. And if Chelsea get off to a relatively rough start, I wonder if he'll look to make that kind of statement by going out and getting someone else in.
4: Okay. I
0: could be completely wrong in that. I don't I know who think... there is. I like, guess only there's only one name that I think they'd go for, and that's Poch. Yeah, yeah. strictly right. So I think in the preview pod, I may have said something similar, but for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I said something to do with at, at the time we'd just lost four 0 to Arsenal in, in, in pre-season, and, and Tuchel would come out and said, we're, "We're miles away, right? You know, there's so many players that we need to to bring in, and, and so many deals that need to be done." The tone from his press conference today was wildly different. So I actually thought Tuchel might be one of the first to go, but to walk rather than to be sat. Based on all of the news that we've seen about Chelsea and Tuchel over the past couple of months is Tuchel's effectively doing a lot with the board in terms of he's the one telling them about the players, he's the one sort of having conversations he, he's even come out himself and said I'm doing way more than a coach should and I just want to be able to coach the team Okay. Um, so I, I think Todd Bowley is almost in quite a lot of gratitude to Tuchel and even if we were to get off to a relatively difficult start I think it'd be the wrong choice and I think Bowley himself would, would understand that he probably wants to repay some of the faith and, and the belief because obviously Tuchel did a lot last season to get us through the, the transition period you know, through the press Mm. And everything he, he did a lot of the hard work, and I think Paul is very appreciative of that. So I can't say him making a decision to let him go, but I could see if deals don't get done um, that Tuchel wants, that he could walk away. Is is there a danger
3: that Tuchel's made himself a little bit of a patsy, though, in terms of a bad start by basically you know publicly saying things? Like that, I'm doing more than I should be as a coach, and you know, I'm heavily involved in transfers and so on. Do, does that make him an easy scapegoat? If it doesn't go well, can Bali kind of leak stories to the press that, oh, you know, these were these were typical signings? You know, I, I can only try, I can only trust the coach on this stuff. You know, I'm a I'm a new team owner. You know,
0: I relied yeah. on him for some of this. I think from what the the history of his of his other sort of franchises as they are. I think he's he's a relatively patient person in terms of, I guess, with the managers that he gets on with or the coaches, whatever that he gets on with. So I, I don't think there's a risk from that perspective. And and I think the signings are... The, the big issue that Chelsea have always had is that when managers do come in, they don't get backed, as it were. You know, Mourinho said it before. Conte sort of said it before. A lot of these managers come in and say, I don't get the signings that I want. And the signings that come in a from the board and people like marina and i think these are all two cool signings so he may have put himself as an easy one to blame but actually as a club we're in a much better position now than we were let's say even last season
1: okay uh sunday two o'clock we go to leicester versus brentford uh anyone think brentford are going to have a uh, difficult second season
2: No. I think the other the other teams are there's there's worse teams in the league I think and they've got a year under their belt so I think they'll be fine.
1: Yeah, okay. Is anyone fancy Brentford for this? Bearing in mind the sort of turmoil at Leicester.
3: Yeah, to me this is the game that is most likely to produce. I don't, I don't want to say a shock, but yeah, I, I think I would take Brentford for this one because. That it can't be a great atmosphere around the King Power at the moment it just can't mm. the, the only club in Europe's top five leagues who haven't made a signing
4: mm.
3: which is ludicrous um I think we're maybe starting to get into the kind of point of time where Brendan Rogers might have his head turned if a job comes up I saw it happen to, uh, at Celtic um But I think he maybe after a while just starts to get a little bored and if he's not being backed in the transfer market as he expects to be backed um, I think that could end up being kind of reflected on the pitch so yeah I'm taking Brentford for this one and Leicester for me are are a team to kind of
0: watch out for maybe being drawn into a relegation battle oh okay Rogers is going to be gone this season, one way or another. Mm. Um, and and actually, with the head turning thing, he's missed. I think he's missed the boat. I think he had a chance to leave. Um, was it to United? I think he time? was. He was. He was linked there, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and obviously he turned that down. I, I don't see what top club goes in for Rogers now. No. Um,
1: mm.
0: After all the the failed top fours and things that I, I don't see what the appeal to Rodgers is from, from any club at the top now. Does anyone think the World
1: Cup is going to be quite a nice sort of time for clubs to get rid of managers or come to some sort of mutual agreement where they, they leave?
0: It would certainly be a long time for, for them. And, you know, a, a lot of these clubs won't have players around or they'll only have a few players around. Um the World Cup is going to be a really interesting time in the Premier League season, anyway, because I think there's a there's clubs that won't have players away on international duty, and, and a manager can spend three to four weeks, as it were, you know, d- drilling the team, putting tactics into place, and a lot of teams won't have that based on who's away. Mm. And but yeah, I think certainly it's a good time where you, you can sack a manager. And you don't have to think who's going to look after the squad for the next couple of days because there might not be that many people around, and you can spend the time actually recruiting someone correct
1: yeah it's just yeah like you say it's an interesting time to get someone and then plus you just after the league season starts you've got the january transfer window so yeah um manchester versus brighton two o'clock on sky sports andy what do you reckon to this one um i've been listening to quite a um i listened to a manchester united podcast uh with uh ed the no question about that podcast um He's full of optimism, which he says will last no doubt till about twenty minutes into the Brighton
3: game. Is he right in thinking that? Uh no, I don't think he is. I think it'll last longer than that because I, I really rate Eric Ten Hag. Um I think too many people are quick to dismiss managers who come from those kinds of clubs as it oh, all they're playing in a farmers league. But again to me that's you you could argue and I think it would be I think it would be overbuilding the Premier League but I mean you could look at the Premier League arguably as playing you know several Champions League level games a season certainly if you're a United and Ten Hag has proven time and again at Ajax that he knows how to get results in big games um the Ronaldo situation is obviously a, a real dark cloud hanging over that club at the moment the sooner that is is dealt with the better ideally with him leaving mm-hmm. um but I think Man United will be okay. Brighton will get them again because Graham Potter has had team very well drilled. But again, Brighton's transfer window hasn't been what I would call inspiring. So, yeah, United to win a, a close game. I think maybe just the odd goal.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, guys, what do you reckon?
2: I think I think it'll be interesting to see both teams in this one with. Man United obviously and the Ten Hag it will be interesting to see how how they set up and the tactics they use and with Brighton they've lost they've lost a few decent players big parts of their squad with obviously Cuccarella going, Basuma. so it'll, be, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how both teams set up this one and I um, I don't think you can I can really say who which way it'll go but just with Man United's quality yeah I'll probably edge towards them
1: Okay, and Ryan, lastly, uh, West Ham versus Manchester City on Sky half Pass four on Sunday. Um, they just recruited Maxwell Corney tonight, have uh, West Ham. Is that going to help them, or are we going to have
0: a Haaland- Not not in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Not in this game. Uh, Erling Fraudland, is that what you're calling him? Yeah, I mean, after that miss. Uh, No, no, no. no. I think... um, (laughs) Yeah, I think this is probably the game, obviously the Liverpool game was, was one thing, but I think this is the game Haaland arrives on the stage and, and first Premier League game gets yeah. at least one. Um, West Ham, uh, decent enough, but Man City have just got so much quality all over the pitch that you just can't see any result. that's not a Man City win, especially if, if Haaland can get, you know, in, in a goal in the first, say so 15-20 minutes for Haaland and, and the floodgates will open. Okay, um, Andy, what
1: do you reckon?
3: Yeah, City will win this one, I think. West Ham will have another decent season. I don't think it'll be quite as good as last season. Um, but I would expect City to win this one fairly comfortably. Um, Haaland will... And yeah, I reckon Haaland will score on this one. I don't think it'll take him long to get... to hit the ground All right, running. Jared?
2: Yeah, just the same as the other two, yeah. Haaland will most likely score and City will just win this game
1: excellent right okay that brings us to the end of our uh primary preview and brings us to the end of our first part of the uh, the season guys um we are man of the post part of the man of the post network we will have um andy and i uh, know no, no, you're randy ali the other scottish one <laughs> god no uh we will have ali and uh, he supports the other team in glasgow as well crack it that was quite the faux pas <laughs> um we've got have Ali and Dave and Simon back on uh Sunday to review the games that uh, we've been previewing here if you like what you hear you can follow us at man on the post on Instagram and on Twitter you can give us a like on Facebook as well you can get us from all of your um podcast places of choice so Spotify uh Stitcher but if you can do a cast anymore uh Apple podcasts um press follow like uh whatever and all your future episodes will fall automatically in your inbox any five. Star reviews uh we gratefully receive as well. Um Jared, if people want to follow you, how do they do that?
2: At Gazenda S A. So that's G-U-Z-E-N-D-A. Uh oh you've got an article there, haven't you? Yeah, so if you wanted to read more about the, the Super Cup match with the, the dirty tactics, um our breakdown about Bayern Munich's tactics in the and their news squad about Lewandowski with Marnie up front. Um, so that's on the total football
0: analysis Reds website if you want to give that a read
1: excellent Ryan how do they follow you
0: they can follow me at the Ryan Goodman on Twitter
1: excellent and Andy how do they follow you
0: uh, at @SaikTyson Tyson on Twitter
1: excellent right guys thank you ever so much and always remember to keep your
3: man in the post